Hello, podcast listeners, and welcome to another podcast brought to you by Hong Kong Stories. This true first-person story was recorded in front of a live audience at the Fringe Club for a show in July 2017 with the theme of wonder. This story is told by Rachel, who found herself wondering at a reunion with her brothers. Did you know, we host storytelling workshops every week in Hong Kong through meetup.com. And best of all, they are free. In our workshops, we show you how you can tell your best story. If you think you might want to try storytelling, go to hongkongstories.com to find out more. Hong Kong Stories, it's better than drama, it's better than comedy, it's real life. Now here's Rachel. Hey, I say to Andrew, as he shows me the room I'm going to be staying in for the next week. Those are some pretty cool tractors. Yeah, they are, aren't they, he says. I put them there especially because I knew you'd be staying here. I know you're obsessed with miniature stuff, and I knew you'd just love it. I smile as I put down my bag. You know, we're adults now, but some things never really change. This was a momentous visit for me. Uh, it was an attempt for me to reconnect with this really strange, really unique, really crazy guy in my life who we had kind of missed connections for quite a long time. He's three years younger than I am, and, and we'd always had a tumultuous relationship ups and downs and pushes and pulls and things were never ever going completely smoothly but I loved him like a brother which is good because that's what he was and I didn't have much choice <laughs> when we were kids we always had this rivalry going on him more than any other sibling of mine and we could never ever let things go everything ended up being points scored against one another in competition, barbed comments. And I was really looking forward to having an adult conversation with him and starting to maybe have an adult relationship with him. We hadn't connected in quite a long time. He'd had things going on in his life that hadn't worked out so well. I was living far away in a far off land, and I was really looking forward to trying to make this into a some kind of reconciliation without going too deeply into it. But you know, Old habits die hard. And when I saw those three miniature tractors sitting on that shelf in the room that I was going to stay in for a week, I thought to myself, I thought, oh, I really want one of those tractors. And Andrew doesn't really give me things. He's not, he's not a gifter to me. And so I made it a bit of a personal goal. I would consider myself one up. If I could get him to gift me a tractor by the end of the holiday, Old habits die hard. So the, the trip's going really well. The first couple of days, he's showing me around his neighborhood in Vancouver. And it's really nice, because I used to live in the same neighborhood many, many years ago. And he's showing me all the stuff that we used to do. Taking me out to a couple of cafes that are really familiar. He takes, drives me around the neighborhood in his little two-seater blue convertible. We go and hang out in the parks and walk around. And then it's the weekend. And my older brother, Adam, joins us as well. 
And we're like the three musketeers together again. We haven't been together, just the three of us, for many, many years. And he takes us out to a gig. Um, he's a brilliant musician. And we happily, all three of us, dance and sway and drink and have a really great time until about 1 a.m. when it's time to go home. We get home and we're all a little bit wasted by this time. We stumble in his living room door and collapse on the sofa. And it's just, it's so nice for the three of us to be together. Andrew gets up and he gets a couple of beers, makes me a gin and tonic. And I look around the living room, which is like an Aladdin's cave of weirdness. There's musical instruments absolutely everywhere, most of which I can't even name. There's a stuffed caiman playing a banjo in the corner and three gigantic fish tanks that take up a large portion of the room and are filled with the most boring fish you've ever seen. In the center of the room, and amongst all the sofas, there's this 1970s-style Art Deco coffee table, which is also cluttered with loads and loads of weird crap. Right, there's guitar picks and tuners, as you'd expect. There's weird-shaped boxes filled with who knows what. And there's all kinds of odd coins and odd currencies. And there's piles of books everywhere. Anyways, we're sitting there, and I'm stuffing my face with some dill pickle chips, because it's Canada, and I'm home. And you know, Andrew goes to me. He goes, hey, Rachel, reach underneath that coffee table there. Pull out a couple of those books. So I do. I slide my hand underneath the coffee table, and it comes up with three copies of Penguin Classics all the same, all dog-eared and well-used, three copies of The Merchant of Venice. And I'm thinking, huh? So I turned to him and said, you know, what's, why do you have three copies of the same book? He's like, oh, I've got more than that. <laughs> okay. <laughs> yeah, he says, you know, well, sh clearly, I mean, a Saturday night and your friends come over and you're having a few drinks and you're having a good time, you know, what do you do? We read Merchant of Venice. <laughs> and this is, you know, I'm realizing this is, this is why I want this guy in my life, because his randomness is just too awesome not to have. Right? And I go, okay, I've never actually done that before, but I, you know, whatever, whatever you're into. He goes, yeah, yeah, here, let me show you. Here, give me one. So I give one to him and one to Adam. And he says, turn to page 72. See, we're all on the same page, because it's the same book. And he says, Adam, you read Shylock. Rachel, Bassanio. Okay. Adam's like, um, takes a sip of his beer. 3,000 ducats, well. And, and I go, mm, indeed, uh, for three months. For three months, well. No, 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 says Andrew, and he stops us. He said, no, 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 no. Say it again with feeling this time. And so we do, we say it again with feeling this time. And this is what we do for quite a long time. And it's surprisingly fun, a little weird, but entertaining. We're having a pretty good time. It's about 2 a.m. by this time. And we're reading it out, having some snacks, having some drinks, having a really good time with one another arguing about how the characters' voices should actually sound and what Shylock's motivation is. And, you know, it's, it's, it's pretty awesome because I've not had this experience with my brother, either one of them, in a long time. 
we don't get to see a lot of one another, and, and it's going better than I ever expected it could. Around about 3 o'clock, though, we're all starting to fade. We're not any of us as young as we used to be. And all this literature is taking a bit of a toll on us. So Adam and I start to make noises about, you know, we're going to go off and, and go to sleep. And just as I'm about to get up and go, Andrew turns to me and he says, hey, you know those tractors in your room? And I'm like, oh, yeah, this is it. I'm getting a tractor. He's going to give me a tractor. It's going to be this easy, you know? And he says, you know those tractors in your room? Go get them. So I trot off, and I go in and get the tractors, and I bring them back, and they're tiny little wee, I mean really small, tiny little John Deere tractors in green and yellow, and they're so perfect. They look like they could plow a little field at any given moment, pull a tiny little wagon full of hay. They're just, they're so lovely. I want one of these tractors. But I don't want to say this, right? I'm totally cool. And I just put him down in front of him and in front of Adam. I say, yeah, here you go. Whatever. And uh, he looks at me and he says, well, there's three of us and there's three tractors. I can, I can see that. I can count as well. <laughs> he says, there's three of us and there's three tractors. And he picks up a tractor, and he looks me straight in the eye, and he says, I'll eat one if you eat one. <laughs> and my first reaction is, oh, yeah, it's on. I'm not going to let him win. No way is he going to score off me. And the tractor's actually on its way to my mouth when I have a thought and that thought gives me a pause, and I have a second thought. And the second thought is, it doesn't need to be this way. <laughs> sure, I could eat a tractor, and possibly the three of us could end up in an emergency ward somewhere with perforated bowels due to ingesting farm implements. But it doesn't have to be this way. I could be the adult and say no. I could change our relationship here in this one moment. I can make that decision. So I put the tractor down and I say, I'm not going to eat a tractor. I'm sorry. And he goes, oh, all right, cool. And Adam just rolls his eyes and gets up and goes off to his room. And, you know, that day I, I didn't win. But I didn't really lose either because we did start a new chapter in our lives. We do have a better relationship now. We talk quite frequently. We have a lot more connections. And it's pretty awesome having this weird, strange, completely unique person in my life. But I do have to admit that the first thought, when the tractor was on its way to my mouth, wasn't actually be the adult in the situation. It was, I'm not entirely sure if my medical insurance covers <laughs> hospital visits due to ingesting tractors. <laughs> Thanks for listening to this story, brought to you by Hong Kong Stories. If you want to know more about learning to tell great stories, visit us on hongkongstories.com. To listen to our weekly podcast, 
Find us on iTunes or SoundCloud. Everyone has a story to tell.